0: Uh, I always look forward to coming, appreciate all of you and appreciate your prayers for me, and and there's nothing like the body of Christ, there really isn't. Uh, I just, uh, always amazed just the, what you feel among Christians, how you, you know, you you just know that's your brother and sister and so forth. Um, before I get going here, I want to mention this book that's been out just for a matter of weeks. Uh, Chosen Books asked me to write a book to be a counterpart to the one on Jezebel, confronting Jezebel. It's called Discerning and Defeating the Ahab Spirit. I can't tell you how much pain I went through to be able to write this book, but I've heard a lot of testimonies, especially from men, how uh, this has just drastically changed their lives. So it's real easy reading, but it's really graphic, uh, probably a little more clinical than some of my other books, but it's it's worth it, believe me. Tonight I was going to talk about Elijah and Elisha and how, and I really believe it's the mind of the Spirit that we're to, you know, we're to be in pursuit for more, more of that double portion, the way, the way Elisha pursued that anointing and how I was going to, I may talk about it in the morning, but about e- Elijah, uh, Elisha had to follow him from, from uh, Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho, to Jordan, and I was going to bring out some things that are just kind of amazing. But I, I just, because of the shortness of time, I felt to go another direction. And I want to read to you, and this is uh, the last couple of verses. This Mark uh, sixteen, okay. Verse nineteen, it says, "So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven." and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out. Would you say it with me? They went out. (laughs) They went out. And preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and, and confirming the word through the accompanying sign. Interesting that it didn't say the Lord went out and then they followed him. It said they went out there's a real reality there that God's getting God's wanting us to to step out in areas we've never stepped out and God wants us to take a risk when pastor exhorted us tonight you could just feel that faith rising that that faith to uh, you know God wants to do more God wants to manifest himself um, the um, a sentence I used to say years ago and I feel like God gave it to me but is this that Things don't happen <clears throat> when I talk to God. Things happen when God talks to me. And so more our relationship with God and our fellowship with God, we're, if, as we're in pursuit of him and pursuit of his heart, we're making room for the Holy Spirit to move. How many know that's all we have to offer anybody? We don't have anything. Uh, the world is not needing our opinion. The world doesn't need our advice. The world needs a word from God. And I love this Mark 16 because, it's, first of all, it says the Lord went up into heaven, but then it says the Lord worked with him. So the Lord Jesus went up into heaven, seated at the right hand of God, but the Lord, the Holy Spirit, said, I'm going to work with you. You go out and preach everywhere. You get reckless, and I'll get reckless with you. <laughs> that's that's more or less what he's saying. And, and and I really believe God's pushing us off dead center. It's not enough just to say, well, I went to church, I heard a sermon. But, but we have to get into a realm of um, just... Aggressive expectation, I want to read this and, and I, I just put it this way i've been in the ministry thirty six years I started at four years old and um the uh, but but there's three principles I've noticed that just amaze me. Number one is the key of expectation it's not enough to pray; we have to pray with a with putting a demand on God. James one five says, if any if anyone wants to know wisdom, wants wants to know what God wants him to do, he said, let him ask of God. And God will not make a fool of him, God will not embarrass him, God will not chide him, but God will answer him liberally. You should never pray without expecting to hear something. You should expect to hear a response. That in James one five he makes that very clear. Also, this key of expectation I want to just read from Isaiah fifty five and he says in Isaiah fifty five uh, Ho everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Notice the word buy. It doesn't say shop. It says buy. Uh, a lot of people have for years gone to church to shop. <laughs> they're not really they're not really buying anything. There's not but, but they're just shopping. They're just looking. You ever gone to a store and the clerk says, May I help you? What do we say? No thank you. I'm just looking. And I believe a lot of the times we get in prayer, we get in the presence of God, and the Holy Spirit says, may I help you? Nah, I'm just looking. And he said, I want, I'm looking for somebody to buy. He says, come by and eat. You who have no money. You who have no money. The, the currency in the kingdom of God, it's not money. We need money. But the currency in the kingdom of God is hunger. God responds to our level of hunger. The sad thing is many people are not hungry. They're willing to go through the motions, they're willing to go to church, they're willing to hear a sermon, they're willing to tithe, but they're not hungry. There has to be a level there where we're in hot pursuit of God and we're, we're living in a, in a place of expectation. Yes. And this is where it is so important here. I don't know if you've ever gone into a department store and you notice the cheap jewelry is sitting on the top of the counter, <laughs> costume jewelry, but the good stuff is locked underneath. It's almost like they don't trust you but, 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 uh, but how many know the, the, the things of value in God are locked up? And when you go in a store and you want to buy some fine jewelry, if you're ever with a woman, just say, keep your eyes straight ahead, please. We're just going to walk on through this department. But if you want, if you want some fine jewelry, you have to find a clerk and, and you say, I'd like to look at this, and they'll take it out very carefully and they'll show it to you because it has great value. There's a lot of things on the surface. You can get fake stuff, costume stuff. It, ha- it, it doesn't have much value, but the real value is underneath. And if you just go through the motions and go through church, you're not going to get much of value. But if something in you says, God, show me the big stuff. Unlock the truth to me. Show me more. He says, come by. You have no money. Come by and eat. Then he kind of appeals. He says, come by wine and milk. Without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Isn't it amazing the energy we put out there that on things that it's just so fruitless and empty, and your wages are what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good, and we think of the story of the ten virgins. How how you know at midnight the bride, the call of the bridegroom came and it said five of them were ready. Five of them had extra oil. Five of them just were kind of like hello, you know. And they appealed to the five wise virgins and they said, give some of your oil. Our lamps are running out. And the wise virgins said no. What Would they say go into town and Buy your own. <laughs> the time to buy is now. I, I, I can't say that strongly enough. There there has to be something in us. Just like the pastor said, God, I don't want to leave here the way I came. I want to buy something. I'm amazed at hunger. The second principle, besides expectation, and these kind of all tie together, but the, the principle that just amazed me over the years is the preceding word. And in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8, it says... Uh, Every command I, which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. God doesn't want to just save us. He wants our lives to possess his purpose. You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these four years, 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, test you, to know whether it was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse 3, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, that, nor did your fathers know. Notice what he says. That he might make you know, know what? So God's gone to all this trouble. Let all this hunger happen. Let all this suffering happen. That we might know one thing. What is it? That man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We serve a God that talks. This is the bread. I don't think he's talking about sandwiches. I believe this is the bread. This bread, this book is dead without the Holy Ghost. And, and it's not enough to say, well, I know the Bible. You have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to be able to hear this wonderful preceding word. Both Pastor Daryl and I know, and Fred, and a lot of you know Pastor John Crane in Kansas City. Recently, well, six months ago, they asked him to speak at a church in uh, Corydon, Kentucky. I know the pastor there. Well, uh, they asked Pastor John to come in there. And on the way there that night, he stopped at McDonald's, he and the guy with him, and got a McFlurry. (laughs) The McFlurry machine must have been, they didn't clean it right, but there was bacteria, and John got to the service, and he said, I was just on the verge of hurling, just constantly. He said, I was in such misery. He said, I can't tell you the misery I was in. He said, it was all I could do to, I think, I thought I was gonna pass out, but he said, I'm trying to preach. And he said, there's this girl, she's about 19 years old, and she, he said she's kind of involved with the worship, and she goes up there, and she'll walk up back and forth. And he said, I kept looking at her, and he said, the Holy, in, in all my pain and wanting to vomit, he said, the Holy Spirit spoke through me. And he said, tell her that she's innocent. And tell her I'm going to restore her back to the original thing. And when he did... She began to sob and sob. And her mother was in the back. And her mother didn't just cry, she wailed. And right after the meeting, he had to go home and he got real sick. (laughs) And the other guy, too, they, well, you don't want to hear about it, but they stood out in the parking lot and the McFlurries were no longer within them. Uh, But uh, (laughs) anyway, the next morning he comes back to church and the pastor tells him, I want you to know about this girl. He said she got on the internet and met a guy, came to the, into, the, into the area, they got in the back of a pickup truck, drank some Mountain Dews. This is the first time she's met the guy. She met him on there and it seemed like a nice guy. He had some other guys with her and they gang raped her. Her sister found her nude body laying on the porch and he, she, she kind of put her back together. They took to the hospital and had to sew her up and all kinds of things. She didn't tell her mother till just three days before that service. It had been six weeks because she couldn't bear it. She said, I know I can't tell my dad. My dad will want to kill the people. But she said to her mother right before she came in the service, she said, and she grew up in that church, and she'd been involved in that church, but she said, Mom, this will be my last service. I'm never, I'm never going to be back because I just can't get rid of the guilt and shame. I can't do it, so I'm through. I'll never be back to church again. But I'm glad the Lord spoke to Pastor Crane. And the Holy Ghost through him said, the Lord sees you as innocent. And the Lord's restoring your innocence. That would do more than 100,000 sermons. And I am going to tell you, the Holy Spirit in our lives, he wants to be active and he wants to manifest himself. And there's a proceeding word out there that this world needs. They don't need a sermon, they need a word from God. And every one of us have the Holy Spirit in us to be in tune. This other friend of mine in St. Genevieve, Missouri, his name is Dean Bader, he pastors a church called Remnant Church, and I was up there preaching a while back, and he told me, he said, sometimes people call the church, and they'll leave, St. Genevieve, Missouri, is kind of a touristy town, little, old, ancient stuff, and anyway, a lot of tourists come through there, but he said, there's this couple that have never been to the church, and they kind of like, we always wanted to. They're a couple, if you looked at them, you'd think, They wouldn't be welcome in most churches. They're just kind of odd, you know. God help us all. But, but uh, anyway, he said he comes into the church one day and there's a a message on his answering machine. And the message is, "Yeah, I'm so and so, and I've never been to your church, but my wife recently, she's 47 years old, and she had a stroke, and she's gone blind." And I just want to know if you could help us. And she's over at the hospital now. And, and you know, the doctors, uh, uh, the neurologist said if, if she doesn't get her eyesight back in 48 hours, it is literally impossible for her to ever see again. And we don't know what to do, but we just thought we'd call you. So my friend, this pastor, Dean Bader, he, he just prays a little bit about it and he calls her back. And he calls the number back, and the woman answers, who's blind. And he says, ma'am, he said, please don't hang up on me. You're going you're gonna to think I'm crazy. But he said, I try to listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit told me, you're going to have your eyesight back in two weeks. <laughs> and he said, the woman seemed to receive it. And he said, by the way, we're having a kind of a get-together, kind of a cookout at the church next Friday. He said, you're welcome to come. And this couple shows up. A few days later, there's a meeting in the church. She comes in during the meeting. Her eyes just totally come open. The, the neurologist is furious because he said, this can't happen. And he, he just he's, he's really angry. He just said, this can't happen. But I'm so glad this pastor had enough guts to answer the call, but also to say, I feel something here. And if I'm wrong, so what? But I might be right. If you saw this couple, you talk about treasures and earthen vessels. Again, they wouldn't be welcome in most churches. They're just kind of unkempt and everything. But find out he's a brilliant man with an IQ of about 160. He just, uh, and, and, he, and, he, and, and she's just an amazing person. As you just talk to her, you think, well. And, and it's so amazing how the church, well, I don't know. I don't believe Jesus would be welcome in many churches. I really don't. But I want to tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He's on this earth to help us. Yes. And he's on this earth to help people that are in our path. The third principle that is so amazing to me, and Pastor just almost preached it tonight, is 2 Corinthians 4, 7, where he said he put this treasure in earthen vessels. And the revelation I have is that I don't have to feel spiritual, I don't have to be spiritual, but I do have to live knowing that the anointing is in me. God does not have any confidence in me. He doesn't have any confidence in you, but he has a whole lot of confidence in the Holy Ghost that he put in you. And this, this gospel's not about us. It's not about us feeling good. It's not about us, uh, you know, just getting our prayers answered. It's about the Holy Spirit in us who wants to manifest himself to the world. Again, Mark 16, they went out preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following I'll never forget when, this was about 20 years ago, but I was in, a, a friend of mine told me, he said, if you come up to the Buffalo, New York area, he said, I'll schedule you. Well, I got up there, put some time, and I gave him two weeks. He he had, he had me preaching every single night for two weeks. I never turned the television on, and I stayed in different hotels. I just I never turned the television on. I just prayed all day. And after about five or six days, I, I was thinking of a way to kill the guy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and... and and, you know, I would let God use me and stuff. And one night I went to a church. And it was a decent group, but I thought, I just preached, and it was real good, like tonight. And, and uh, I, I just preached my sermon. And I thought, you know, I'm tired. And I closed in prayer. And I went home, back to the hotel. Three o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit was in the room. And it wasn't a good... Wasn't in the best mood. (laughs) No, I don't know. But anyway, I woke up out of a dead sleep. And I don't usually sleep at night. I die. Uh, I know there's people you can peel a banana and they'll wake up. But I'm not one of those. I just, I die. I go somewhere. I don't know where. But anyway, the presence of God was in the room. And I heard him speak to me. And all he said, don't you ever preach again without making room for my Holy Spirit to move. And it scared me. It was real hard to get back to sleep uh, after that, <clears throat> if you get my drift. But, but the issue is, it's not just in the pulpit. It's not just, you know, when we are in a prayer meeting. But I believe the Holy Spirit is available all time, all the time. I heard a statistic recently, and I haven't searched this out yet, but Peter, we all, we all laugh about Peter. The person told me he had 42 times in the Bible where he made a response. Jesus rebuked him on 40 of them. <laughs> One of them was, get behind me Satan, which I don't find encouraging. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> but isn't that interesting? 40 out of 42 times. You know, there's a lot of picky pants in the body of Christ. We wouldn't take it. My, my way of putting it is Jesus kicked his rear all across the New Testament. But when the day of Pentecost came, Jesus said, I'm going to make him the keynote speaker. And 3,000 people added to the church. And in Acts chapter 5, it said, even if Peter would walk by somebody and his shadow would fall on them, they would be healed. What I'm saying is every one of us, God has nothing in mind except to promote you. But if you want to go up on God's elevator, you've got to push the down button. Humility is real good for you. And sometimes we go through some real doo doo to learn humility. Sometimes we have a spirit of pride that need a four car garage to put it in. But there's something about the Holy Ghost, if you'll do it my way, if you'll let me work with you, if you'll let me correct you, I'll make you a blessing. Hallelujah. So anyway, we were in Romania just this couple weeks ago, and I just, my lips are a little dirty from kissing the ground in America, but um, one night we ministered to this group of pastors, and just a small group, there's a dozen people. Gave a little teaching and through the interpreter, you know, and all was fine. And then all of a sudden, it's like we could just close. And, you know, it was fine. We said some good things. But all of a sudden, it's like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? And my friend there, he he had this, there's this woman and her husband there. And he said, I don't know what it is to the woman. He said, I feel something bad has happened to you. I feel like you've really been through something. And she began to cry. Three months ago, she had a baby, eight months along in the womb, and it died. And she was devastated. But the Holy Ghost put his finger on it. And I thought if we had just preached and went home, what would have been missed? I remember when I was in New Brunswick, Canada, one year, and just there was no emotion, no feeling. But right toward the end of a meeting, on the fifth day of the meeting, and it was just the meetings are almost over the last few minutes, Holy Spirit said, somebody here, you yeah, something wrong with your lungs. That was all it was, yeah, something wrong with your lungs. The woman had just so been hoping for something, but she just sat there and just, she didn't even respond. And her friends, like, that's you. She had sarcoidosis, which is a calcifying the lung tissue. She's 34 years old. She had a death sentence on her. To walk across a room was like climbing Mount Everest for her. She was dying. One simple word. Somebody here has trouble with your lungs. The next morning they had planned to take her to Halifax, Nova Scotia. They were gonna put her in the back. They already had a bed made. They had pillows propped up and they were gonna take her weak sick body there. The next morning she drove. (laughs) She drove there and back. She went upstairs all day. And this has been, it's been 15 years ago. She's healthy as a horse. Not a real big horse, but, but real. <laughs> but she's just healthy, healthy, healthy. And, and all because, just one word, somebody here has trouble with your lungs. There's a willingness in God. But the principle I've seen is the disciples went out and preached. We have to do something first. We have to be willing to act. We have to be willing to step out there. And then God will come along and he'll get excited with us, and he'll confirm the word. Most of us are in the mentality, well, I'm ready when God is. That's why when you get in prayer, you can't just pray. You've got to say, I'm going to pull something out of God. And you may have to act on the smallest little nudge, but you'd be amazed how accurate it is. Wow. I just feel instantly, I'm supposed to pray for people with back trouble. One person seemed like you just had a birthday just a few days ago, but you have so much pain in your back. Who, who am I speaking to there? That's you. When was your birthday? Monday. Okay, come here a second. We'll know that's you then. And uh, so we know God's going to heal you. It's almost like he likes you. So we just, uh, how long have you had back trouble? Um, it's been going on for a couple months. Now. For a couple months. So Lord, we just agree this back is healed. We just agree for the power of God. We agree for the power of the Holy Spirit. To make her well, in Jesus' name, perfectly, without pain, in the name of Jesus Christ. I see in the next weeks, months, a lot of choices coming up, just choices and opportunities and decisions and all kinds of things, and the Holy Spirit's going to be right there. He's going to help you make every right decision, right choice. He's going to help you see what you're supposed to see. He's going to blind you to some things you're not to see. So get ready. Praise God. And... uh, I just want to pray. Just we just want to yield to the Holy Spirit here. But there's a. It seems like there's a person. You're either uh, 53 or you've been. You were born in 1953, right in there. But it seems like you. The way the way the Holy it seems like everything's gone wrong lately. Just everything's gone wrong. Just about every part of your life just like falling apart. So where are you at? Does that make sense about the falling apart deal? Yeah, okay, we will pray with you. And I don't want to miss, does anybody else start to raise your hand on that? Or is it just for our sister? Okay, we're going to agree with you. And God's going to do something wonderful. I do also feel there's a person here, and there. I think it's just one person, there may be more, but you just have the most severe, severe headaches. Um, just like they just almost put you in bed, they just—they're just—they uh, really get severe. I'm not saying you have one right now, but I, I just see you getting these severe headaches. Who, who am I speaking to there? Because this is your night. This is your night. That would fit you. How often do those come? A lot. Well, just come down here, and, and we'll pray. And if you would just come here, say, where were you? You as well, yeah, just come here a second, we'll just pray we'll just do, do, and God does the healing i i have I can't heal you, but I have great confidence when the Holy Ghost starts talking, it just works. it's wonderful. How long have yours gone on about four months, you just can't shake it okay, well, God's going to heal you how long how about you? Eight or ten years, Wow, your name is Lord, we agree, let's all agree, Lord, we just agree with the Holy Ghost. We agree with Jane that your power is healing her right now. Right now, right now, right now, now, oh God. Lord, we declare, we declare, we declare that she is free, oh God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I know God's healing. The one thing I hear is, "Get ready for good news," and God's getting ready to fulfill some dreams in your life. And uh, the the, uh, the one thing I, what's in my spirit? This next year is going to be amazing. And I just, I know that's a word from the Lord. I know He's going to just. Uh, it's just like it's like a prison door open. Things are going to start working. There's going to be fulfillment. Hallelujah. This has probably been the driest season in your life. But, listen, the floodgates are getting opened here. So you, you rejoice. You're like the man in John chapter 4. He said, my son's dying. He said, the Lord said, go your way. Your son lives. And as he was going, he got news. Yes. That's what's happened to you, Jim. Hallelujah. Thank you. We agree with you that the, the root of these headaches is healed once and for all. We agree, oh God, that there be just... Uh, An amazing, amazing, glorious manifestation of your presence and your peace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, you, Lord. Both you and your husband have been tested. I I just see there's been so many testings. But I hear the Lord saying, fight the good fight. And. I I see the Lord like at the helm of one of these. It's like that big steering wheel thing on a ship. And he's behind you. He's working behind the scenes. He's, He's working in your behalf. And God does not disappoint. Whoever puts their trust in him is never disappointed. God's turning things around for you guys. God is turning things around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise God. Hallelujah. Nineteen fifty three or fifty three? Okay. It doesn't matter, but I just know a lot of people here are very curious. Um, how old you are. <clears throat> oh, so Lord, we thank you. We thank you for you're up to something good. And God, you're just you're touching every area of her life. Lord, you're touching every situation. I hear the Lord saying you're going to dream again and I just feel the Lord like he's got his foot on the accelerator and he's going to bring some things in divine order. Uh, You're going to recapture some vision. You're going to recapture that first love. Um, Hope deferred makes the heart sick but When it's fulfilled, it's a tree of life, and it's like your hope has been deferred, but the mighty hand of God is bringing order out of chaos, out of disappointment, so get ready and fasten your seatbelt, all right? Okay, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody that you've, it seemed like you injured your your neck, it seemed like you re-injured your neck. Uh, Your neck bothers you a lot, but lately you re-injured it or something, but it seemed like you were born in the month of May. It seemed like you have a birthday every year. Uh, That fits you, Jared? Bring your carcass down here a second and we'll just pray. Is that true about the re-injuring your neck? You need to be more careful. Um, But uh, we agree with you. (laughs) your birthdays in May. Cool. We, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Jared. We thank you for working with him. We thank you for multiplying your grace through him and his wife. And we just pray this new child will look less and less like Jared. (coughs) And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you to correct this thing in his neck. I see you too, you're, you're just, it's like you're on these water skis, and you're just, uh, you're, you're going in a higher velocity, but also just a, I just see with such speed, you're navigating in the Holy Spirit. And God has been working, I just see for several months, just, it's like a new hunger, a new craving. It's—it's—it's it's, it's God has put that in you. And there will come a day when you will you, you your, your ministry will so expand, and it will so you will speak to multitudes and you will you will have influence on people that are in great darkness. I, I just see this people that are so blind but but that influence things are really in in motion where that influence is going to begin to expand, and there will be a day you write books, there will be a day when you When you, uh, that word through you will scatter and scatter and reach, I just see multitudes, it'll reach multitudes, hallelujah. God's thinking bigger than you are about your life and uh, there's been a lot of having to stand and having to go through the process and just getting the rough edges knocked off, but this is a good season in your life, Hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And uh, real quickly, somebody, your eyes have been giving you a lot of trouble. And this is kind of goofy, but it's like, I don't know if you used to live in Missouri or you have, a, you have to go to Missouri a lot. Uh, this is real strange. I just want to get the right person. But there's something about your life that seems to have a lot to do with the state of Missouri. Or maybe it's a state of misery. I don't know. No, but, <laughs> but does that ring a bell? But it seems like you have so much trouble with your eyes. Right here. Where are you from? Or what? what what's about Missouri? That's where you live. Okay. <laughs> well, we're hearing God, right? So. <laughs> to do with yeah. yeah. So you live here? You're just here visiting? or just I just call it You do call it misery, yeah. That's funny. Well, what's going on with your eyes? Uh, it's like, I don't know what you call it, like, um, maybe just get the focus. Yeah. That's not, well. And my right eye has yeah. a bunch of focus. Okay. Come together, it's really yeah, hard to see. really hard to see. Okay, well, God's going to restore. And we just, Lord, we thank you. Your first name again, Twyla. Lord, we bless Twyla from Missouri. And we bless her eyes. we bless her eyes with wholeness, completeness. Lord God, just make them well, make them whole. get these floaters out of there, Get her focus so perfect in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Holy Spirit for working for making making all these things available to Twila God. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. I really see God hooking things up in your life. I see a lot of things you've been through lately have not made sense, but God's gonna to make total sense out of it all. God's gonna redeem the time. It's like every, that which the kangaroo and palmer locust ate away, God's gonna restore. This is a season where God is gonna restore and do more, you're going to be, it's like I never missed a step, I never missed a thing, I just, I'm right in sync, God's going to put you in the groove, you're going to get in a niche where you're going to know I'm right smack dab in the center of God's will, snug as a bug in a rug, Hallelujah. hallelujah, that's you, that's what God is doing, glory to God. I think it's so cool, don't you, when the Holy Spirit talks to us, and you know, you don't have to be super duper, you can't get more ordinary than I am. And I just, I don't want I I just, you know what happens to most of us? Most of us are waiting for something sensational, something spectacular. But that's not the supernatural. The, so many times we have to act on that still, small voice. I just want to declare this. There's somebody tonight that God says your skin itches all the time, and I know he's healed you, and there's someone else you have, uh, uh, like a cough that won't, it just like you can't seem to get healed. It just kind of stays, and God is healing you, and we, we just all you have to do is receive that. Just receive that. And tonight, I just felt like I'm supposed to pray for it. I see somebody that uh, had, I think you had open heart surgery, because I keep seeing this scar down your chest. I don't think there's anything wrong with your heart, but I just felt like we were supposed to pray for you. Does that fit anyone here? I just see a, I just see a scar down your chest might be somebody in your family. I don't know. what. Oh, and he's struggling with cancer. So let's, let's just... He's not saved. He's not saved. Well, let's just pray it all. Lord, we agree. What's his first name? Richard. Lord, we agree with uh, the power of God to go to Richard. We ask you to heal him of this cancer. We ask you to reveal yourself to him. We trust your living word. We trust your living word. We trust the living word tonight, God, that you're sending it to him. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I just want to pray for my brother here. You know, what, what is your first name again? Carl. You know, he's probably praying that I will stay away from him. But, um, <clears throat> but, Lord, I thank you tonight for Carl, and I bless his life. And one thing, Carl, I just wanted to say that I see the Lord doing battle with, for you battling in your behalf. The scripture says in more than one place that this battle is not yours, it's mine. All you have to do is is sing and shout and give God the glory. And God's working with you. And And, and in, the, in the next months, things are going to just unfold concerning some clarity you need in your life, concerning some direction. But I just want to say this, Carl, and, it, and I, I'm probably freaking you out here. But I just see the Lord fighting for you. I just see him fighting for you. He's on your team. He's on your side. And he knows what he's doing. He's a big God and he's got big shoulders. And don't be afraid just to lay everything on him. Thank you, Lord, for fighting for Carl. Thank you, Lord, for your hand on his life. And thank you, Lord, for being such a strength to him. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. You've had a hard season, but I feel the Lord saying things are getting easy. I just feel that He's just saying that things are getting easier. Uh, he's going to put a smile back on your face, and you couldn't get it off if you had a if you had sandpaper. You're not going to be able to get it off. So thank you, Lord, for working on our sister. Thank you, Lord, for turning her captivity. God, thank you for restoring and just. You know, it's like you're sore. You know, when you've worked out real hard and your muscles are sore, that's the way you are spiritually. You're just sore. You've been through it. But God sees it. Hallelujah. He knows where you are. and He knows what you've been through. Is God good or not? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I hear this for you. This, remember that song we sang, I Can See Clearly Now? The grain is gone. That's what I see for you. I see you seeing more clearly. You're getting ready to get over a major hump. You're getting ready to uh, just get some beyond some things, where God's getting some things behind you. this Isaiah said, you're going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Man, does that scripture, Isaiah 40, 31. Man, that is for you, that is for you. Glory to God, glory to God. Which one of you guys, you three, have been under? I feel like there's been such a trial that just... Uh, Uh, I just want to pray with you a second. Trial, is that you? Okay. What's your name? Rob. Rob. I wouldn't trust either of these guys next to you, by the way. But Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for just helping Rob. We thank you for getting him beyond these, these frustrations and all these disappointments and letdowns and some of the emotional pain has been like excruciating. I don't, just, just some of the stuff you've been through and that, and, and uh, I, I just feel the Lord turning light on. I feel him just, just turning light on. You know, when the Bible says, having done all to stand, when you don't know what else to do, just praise God. Praise God like a crazy person. And God's going to un- unfold this. God's going to, it's like a, it's like a fishing line that's all snarled, but God's going to Undo the snarls. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for Rob. We thank you for working in him. We thank you for bringing this to pass quickly. We thank you that you're mindful of him. You love him, oh God. Amen, amen, amen. So <clears throat> we could keep going here. We gotta. We gotta. Minute. Let me pray for. Uh, Steve and Kathy here a second before we get out of here because I love to pray when the anointing is here. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you for my brother and sister and I thank you, Lord, for their perseverance. Man, do I see that word. Perseverance, perseverance. As the heart pants after the water brook, so my soul pants for you. And... I see the Holy Spirit just plowing up this new ground, this deepest soil, this fresh, black, rich soil. This is a season of new beginnings. Uh, I hear this scripture for you, Steve, I will trust and not be afraid. For what what can man do to me? What can man do to me? I will trust and not be afraid. And I hear this I hear all these scriptures going through me. Thou, thou has turned my mourning into dancing. I have put off my sackcloth. And I I hear this, be of good cheer. <laughs> I've overcome the world. Steve, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I see a lot of changes in the month of March. I see a lot of things I see God finagling with things that concern you. You're not to fear, but you're to put your trust in the Lord. Steve, God is going to open your ear even more than it's ever been opened to hear with such distinctiveness and such clarity, like commands. You're going to hear commands. Do this today. Do that today. Call this person. You know, uh, they, you'll know it's the Lord because it's not even near what your mind would be thinking. I see a lot of things repaired in the month of March. Just, just, I don't know why, but I hate to put dates on things and I will regret it later, but man, I feel this. Holy Spirit, we thank you. It's not gonna be too far down the road where both of you, your whole lifestyle's gonna change. The lifestyle's gonna change. Your lifestyle's gonna change. It's gonna be more a, a state of rest It's going to be more of a state of beholding the hand of God, and I just see more enjoyment out of life, more zest, more. But but you're going to see Him like carry you, and you're going to enjoy every second of it. Praise God! Praise God! Thank you, Lord. Man, do you feel that heat? My hands, my hands are as hot as fire. Glory to God! Glory to God! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Real quickly we gotta stop here, but I just see this. <clears throat> you you partners or just friends? Yeah, good. How long? Eight years. Eight years. I see a lot of storms. I just see there's been just these storms to get through. And it's like a headwind. It's like, is anything ever easy? How long is this gonna go on? All I know is I feel a release from heaven. It's like it's like this wonderful key, and God's just unlocking things. You're going to see some things and not in not dear distant future. You're going to say it's like God took a key and unlocked that for us. God did this for us. God brought wonderful change. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to pray together. Don't be afraid to ask with a huge appetite as you pray. Pray with a pray with an expectation. Pray with a with a hunger. And God won't deny you anything. Hallelujah. You will lack no good thing. Amen. I wish I had time to pray for everybody. I just the anointing is so amazing. It's just amazing. So, Pastor, I have you close us out of here and I'm glad we got tomorrow. We got now tomorrow night, we got a special like a Holy Ghost flowing service and uh and um tomorrow morning course. So anyway. Yeah, I just. uh